This episode of Witcher's Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. Thank you so much for joining us for 2022. The Rangers have also joined us for 2022, it seems. Mika of certainly has. A fun show today. Well, I got... Well, all right, fine. I'll tell you. Go to patreon.com slash Witcher's Breakaway. Support the show. That's how we do it. Get access to our Discord. Get uh, BSBOTs, etc., etc. Okay, enough of that. Uh, we have a fun show today. Matthew Estevez is on the show, our, our lightning correspondent. Kind of talk about the two games the Rangers had with... Uh, with them over the weekend, obviously, won both. Very good, very nice. And we break down the Oilers game, which uh, hasn't ended yet, but I'm sure was a great time. Anyway, let's get to the show. Here's Mark Messier. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Welcome to the weekend. Yes, the Rangers are good. I'm here with my co-host Greg Kaplan. I'm Ryan Mead. Greg, say hello. Pocket sevens, Ryan. Lots to talk about. Lots of breakdown. Lots to say. I think there's a lot of things. I don't want to apologize for anything, but I think it's been a really weird week for the New York Rangers. There's a lot to cover. Where do you even want to start? I'm not looking to get negative right off the rip. I don't want to talk about these other people, other fan bases that are coming at me like, dude, the Islanders. The Islanders. Well, the Islanders aren't good. You know, the Oilers aren't even good. Tampa Bay isn't even good. Who's good, Greg? Who's good? <laughs> no, Well, nobody. I I got to tell you, I'm actually going to start negative, but... Whoa! But, okay. But, but it's a twist? Not about the New York Rangers. We're going to start negative about the Edmonton Oilers because it is truly remarkable that we live in... We live in a world. We live on God's green earth that, yes. you know, might not be green for much longer, but that's another conversation for another day on our other podcast called The World is Ending. Anyway, love that pod. We 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 live in a world, Ryan. To yes, say, we do. To say a line where two sports have compiled rosters that include Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl in one corner, and Mike Trout and Shohei Otani in the other corner, and both those teams are actively bad, awful, and that's hard to do. And I think we need to appreciate it more. It's it's so hard to have superstar players like Connor McDavid and, and Drysaitel and kudos to Connor McDavid. I, he can't do it every night, right? Like I know he's he's the best player in hockey. It's it's particularly not close. No, no tonight tonight's not his fault, Ryan. He ran into the brick wall. That is Alexander Georgiev. That's Dude, just, kudos, what are you gonna do? Kudos to Georgiev, who had who's had himself a night and has had himself. A stretch. Can I tell you the insane thought I had when Georgiev makes that save on Connor McDavid? Well, the first thought you had is, oh, okay, cool, one goal game. That's the first thought. You had. <laughs> That's the first thought I had. The second one, when the save actually happens, I go to, I, I think to myself immediately, okay, Monday night, it's the only game on in the NHL. That means every NHL executive is watching. Hmm. Uh-huh. Hmm. No other game going on. Usually, Greg, how many games are on at seven o'clock in the in NHL? Ten. 11, 12, 13, and they don't, an, they don't uh, an inappropriate number, ridiculous amount. This game, nothing going on in the NHL tonight, except for Edmonton Oilers versus, I mean, even involving wild was watching. So when, and that, that's how you, that's how you know that there's just nothing else. on. That's that. what I'm saying. <laughs> so Georgiev makes that save and, and, and he to me goes trade value going up price of a Georgiev going up. I mean, well, more, 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 more important than anything. Again, we talk about an incompetent franchise like the Edmonton Oilers. He made that save against the Oilers. Who need who a no goal. choice but to see it. And what team, Ryan, needs goaltending more than the Edmonton Oilers, especially since the Oilers are playing in a market and with a player where they can't do anything but make moves to try to make this team better. They're not going to be able to sell. So you, you make that save against Connor McDavid against the one team that desperately needs goaltending and is probably going to go through some big changes very shortly. Hmm. 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 Interesting. It's a big makes you think moment for for the NHL and the executives out there. Cause it's hard to watch all the games. It's hard to watch all the tape. It's their job. I know that, you know, people that suck at their job all the time. You, you can find them anywhere. And there's plenty of people in the NHL that do that too. People who slack people who don't watch the film, but tonight there was no choice. And you were give. Honestly, I, I mean, seven of the last eight games he's played has been has been quite good, and we've flamed him enough over the years on this podcast to at least say that publicly right away. I I wanted Georgiev to start this game tonight. I, I was I was public about it because my entire theory is if you aren't comfortable or don't think you can play him tonight against a, a team that's slumping, sure, but 
a team with a talented offense on the second night of your back-to-back at home. If you can't start Georgiev in that game, then there just aren't games you should start Georgiev in. And if that's the case, then you need to get rid of him. So that, that was my entire theory, and I'm happy he started. I'm even happier he played well. I, I understand we're friends with Keith, and I understand that, you know, I, I selfishly want things for Keith as a friend of his before a Ranger fan, first and foremost. But this is a very important game for Alexander Georgiev. He hadn't played in a while. He wasn't getting the run that he was getting when his game improved as Igor was out. This was an important game for him. The Rangers were going to have some tired legs. They just played two trying games with the Lightning, including one yesterday afternoon. And Georgiev stepped up. I don't think the Rangers played special defense. they, They played the defense they were playing all year long. There were definitely opportunities for the Oilers and Georgiev said not today. Yeah. You know, give you got to give the guy credit when he when credit is due. We say due. it all the time, Greg. We love eating crow in this show. Love it. Love it. No, like you know, love it no matter it's the best. It's it's the best when you root for a team and you think all these negative things and things turn around. Speaking of eating crow, Barkley Goodrow is one goal away from his career high. <laughs> what is happening? What is I, I don't even know. I don't know how to well, describe I just, this. I uh, Good. I'm so happy. I made a I made a crack at Goodrow's um, expense with Matt Estevez, who was our guest this week, is on later in the show. I'm happy no one told him that Tampa Bay left town. I, I, I don't know how we keep tricking him that Tampa Bay is still here. I don't know if the second ring unlocked something in Goodrow's game that he's now going to be able to bring on a nightly basis. I'm not sure, but we're going to find out. And I got this is going to blow your mind, Ryan. I hope you're sitting down for the point that I'm about. I am sitting down as we are podcasting. Me. Yes. Yeah. Are you ready? Let me know if you're ready. Uh, okay. I'm going to brace myself. Say, say, the safe, safe word is Muppet. Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. It's almost as if giving Alexei Lafreniere more responsibility is resulting in good things. I don't know. You really think so? You think giving a I'm going out on a limb on that one. You think Alexi Lafreniere, the guy who was the number one overall pick and would probably was a puck hog his entire life and was the guy that people defaulted to to pass the puck to all the time, uh, when he got that opportunity, he seized it? I don't know. It doesn't really make sense to me. I just, I love, there were Ranger fans. The Rangers were up one nothing on the second night of a back-to-back against the Edmonton Oilers. It, it looked there good, Ranger by the fans. way. Look, they're there not Ranger fans mad. that are like, nah, fuck, fuck this team. Fuck everything. This sucks. Fuck, fuck Alexi Lafreniere. He's terrible. Uh, <laughs> you can only score if the goal's wide open. I don't give a fuck. If he scores 120 goals with no goalie in net, you know what? Cool, man. It's that 120. me. I'm in. It's 120. Yeah, no, Lafreniere has been uh, since, and we haven't great. even mentioned this. We, yeah, it's been great. I, we haven't even mentioned this. I'd be, hard pressed, COVID Brian, right I'd be hard pressed to find a better game from start to finish that he's played in his NHL career. There was I mean, the last couple games, to be honest. He's had some really good defensive shifts too. He's been responsible. It's been it's been a kind of different player. It really has been, and he's in, he's in the right place at the right time. There's even a play in the Tampa Bay game. Our friend our friend Nick pointed this out. Who designs all our merch? Shout out to Nick. Uh, Lafreniere causes a goal to happen. He doesn't even touch the puck. It's he goes, he drives to the net and he draws the coverage to himself, and that allows Barclay Goodrow to score. So Lafreniere's doing a lot of the things he was supposed to do, which is have this high hockey hockey IQ to be an offensive wizard, and he's just putting that all together right in front of our eyes because you know something happened we don't want to happen, which is Panarin's out with COVID. I hope he's okay, and I hope he's not not symptomatic. Obviously, that's going around right now, so let's see what happens. But he he should be back soon, and Lafreniere has stepped up. I it's it's weird that I I do want to see Lafreniere more on the second line. It's probably good for the future of this team. Panarin slots right back into it as soon as he gets back here. But I'm just not sure what you do. I I, I don't know if he's going to be comfortable playing right wing, but he has to. You have to at least ask him one more time. What if, what if we just played two guys on the left with Strom? Like, we just don't put anyone on the left. <laughs> just everyone moves over? That's it? Yeah, because I, I, it's it's this top six hole that is just slapping you in the face. And you have this guy in Lafreniere who's getting his chance to run. And he's fucking running. He's doing great. He's played really well. Each of He played really well in the first game against Tampa when he was still on the third line. We have to give him credit for that. But in the two games without Panarin, Lafreniere has – not allow this team to miss a beat offensively in their top six. And I, I, I know that one of the biggest blinds, blind spots for both you and me is our inability to understand why guys can't play their offhand on the wing. It's, 
I, I hand up. I get it. I, I didn't play the game. I'm not well versed in it. it. It I'm sure it's probably like trying to put someone who throws left-handed at third base and it's just not right. And it doesn't work. And I get that at the same time. I almost think you're doing this team a disservice by not seeing if Panarin, Strom, Lafreniere can work as a line. I, I, I just you have to see. I don't it. know if you have to go positionless there a little bit, and you just line up that way on a faceoff, and then you let Strom kind of roam and play Rover a little bit. I, I'd honestly more central. I'd rather put Lafreniere I, I, I on the top know. line. I'd rather put Kako back with with Stroman and Panarin and just go from there. Run those top six. Like that's your top six. I have no problem with with Heedle and Goodrow and and the rest of the you know the fourth line. It is what it is. Hey, Greg McKay. Uh, he, he went out and drew a penalty tonight. There was one point where Reeves like was trying to take a one-timer question mark and then got burned by a tricycle. <laughs> it was pretty funny. But the, the team is, you know, the talent is there. I, I, I want to see that top six. That Those have to be your top six guys. Has to be Panarin, Strom, Lafreniere, Kako, Mika, Cryer. Run it. I don't care how you do it. It has to be there. Can we, can we have a weird conversation right That's now? what we do on this podcast, Greg. Because I, I, I think this one is going to kind of hurts coming out. Not, not that it's a bad thing. Don't say anything. bad things about Ryan Reeves. It's okay. You don't have I'm, to. I'm not saying it. No, Ryan Reeves is great. I don't, I don't care what the numbers look like. The guy plays six minutes a night. I don't give a shit what he does. He's he's literally a cheerleader on skates who could beat the shit out of someone. Cool. I, Ryan Reeves ain't here to play good hockey. I don't need that fourth line to be the best fourth line in the world. Ryan Reeves is not hurting the New York Rangers. He's doing fine. I, I don't need to see a player card from Reeves and have someone tell me that he's the problem that ills the New York Rangers. You, he is not. You're just thinking too hard if that's what you come to. That's not – not what I wanted. Lieber Hayek plays major minutes. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> plays major minutes over Niels Lundqvist. I'm still angry about it. We'll get there. But let's let's be positive first. It's what the people come for. But what does it say about us, you and me, and mm-hmm. maybe Ranger Nation, Ryan? Oh, Ranger Nation. I like that. <laughs> we are desperate to get our young players to play with Ryan Strom, who we and this team – Oh, God, I hate that you're doing this. I hate that you're doing this. I have a question. Is Ryan Strom too important to move? Do do we have to go to five and a half, six million for Ryan Strom? Can you imagine this team? It's, Without Ryan Strome, it's is he? I can't. And, and, and then you get you get the fucking nugget from Joe and Sam during the game about how Connor McDavid fucking loves Ryan Strom. Ryan Strom is a superstar soother. That man says the right things and does the right things around every star in the game. And I, I just, I now we're entering a point very quickly where I don't feel confident about where the New York Rangers could be if Ryan Strom wasn't here. It's, and it, I can't believe those words are coming out of my mouth in a non-sarcastic way. It's really funny because I think even last year, early last year in the season, you know, beginning of uh, the 2020 pandemic season, Philip Heedle came out gangbusters before he hurt his hand. Just looked like another player, just transformed in front of our eyes. And since that moment, Heedle's only had like one or two games where he's he's looked like that player again. And Ryan Strom continues to produce at such a high level, it's absolutely ridiculous. And I, if, if you were telling me next year, hey, Strom's gone, and Heedle's going to be the second-line center, I'd be like, I don't think that works. I, I, I don't but, think we could do it. Not, not just that, Ryan. It's just Alexi Lafreniere and Kapokako specifically. This is this is not a slight on Mika Zibanejad, who was great and had a hat trick uh, on Sunday. Shoot to, shoot to get hot, shoot to stay hot. That's for sure. Shoot. Hey, man. So every now and then I say something smart. It surprises me as much as it surprises you. It does. But Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider, perfect chef's kiss combination. This is not a criticism of either of them. But it does have to say something that you feel more comfortable with Kako playing with Strom, and I feel more comfortable with Lafreniere playing with Strom, and that's fucking weird. That is weird. I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe <laughs> it. It's called it fucking weird. That is weird. I just think the two-man game with Kako and Strom is like like what I saw from those like ten games they were together was insane. Yeah, what what Lafreniere and Strom were the two best Rangers on the ice tonight? Full stop. By a lot. By a lot. <laughs> is, is Ryan Strom good? Like too good? Right. Like, what? Uh, Ryan Strom, okay, I know we're, game score is one thing I really like. Drew Way posts them after every single Ranger game. Drew's obviously on this podcast all the time. What do you think Ryan Strom's game score was tonight? 3.2. Four. Four? Four. Second highest of Four. any New York Ranger player this year. He's really fucking good. Oh, by the way, second, we're, we're entering, Goodrow? We're entering, the Strom, we're, we're entering the Murphy scale where Murphy's on that playoff run right now. And he's just hitting home runs every time he comes up to the plate. And it's against good pitching. 
the John Lester's, the Jake Arrieta's. Just going back when he was and good. Ryan, everything's Blake clicking Kershaw. for Ryan Strom. Everything, everything, and he's not old. He's really not. Goodrow at three point five eight, and Lafreniere at three point three six. Fox at one point six. Not a surprise there, but three point five eight. Goodrow. The Rangers, the Rangers' best line was Alexi Lafreniere, Ryan Strom, and Barclay Goodrow. By Barclay a, Goodrow. By a lot. By a lot. The just absolutely oh, crushing, and maybe that's uh, somewhat matchup oriented. Because the top lines are kind of, you know, you're against Connor McDavid, et cetera, when you're playing the, because of Inajad line. But it, I don't care. I mean, the Ryan Strom has been unbelievable. <laughs> He's been crazy good. I can't. It's, it's I fucking... can't. It, it sucks for Ryan Strom, too, because I'm sure he wants to stay here. I'm sure he does. But he also definitely wants the money. And guess what isn't yeah. around? The money is just not there. He probably deserves $7 million. I can't believe well, I'm he, saying okay. this. All right. All right. Like, let's calm down. That t- point, take a cold point, shower. Point production wise, in the NHL, he does. He just he he does. That's it. You can. I, I just I we cannot live in a world where where you're on a podcast saying Ryan Strom deserves more money than Sean Couturier. Can't do it. I won't allow it. Fine, fine. I'm. I hope he signs for five million. I hope he signs for five point five. He'll never get seven here, as you know. That'll never happen. Yeah, but he might, dude. Can't he might? We can't do it if it means keeping the money down. He might. We can't do it. We can't do this. It, it, the The Rangers have negative twenty seven million dollar cap space. I understand next, what like, the last four years, years of that contract looked like, but the Rangers window, quote unquote, that we like to talk about so much. I don't. I, you're not going to get more bang for your buck than Ryan Strom for the next three years, and he's been really fucking good. You can't. With your most important players. You can't move. I don't him. know what else to tell you. <laughs> Should he be on power play one? No, I, I think he just merely exists on the power play, and I don't think he needs to be there. But at five-on-five, five, Artemi Panarin is great with him. Kabokako is great with him. Alexis Lafreniere is great with him. There isn't a player that plays with Ryan Strom and all of a sudden gets worse. It's really fucking weird. I don't know what to say, but it's it's shit. Ryan Strom's really important, and he should probably stay. And it's We did, we did this game on OT once. We did this game In on OT once. We were, saying, we were trying to find trades for Ryan Strom in 2019. It's now 2022, and we're at a point Bro, where three months ago Friedman was reporting he was trading. Really think of anyone else? Yeah, um, we we played a game on OT once that was who's the top, who's the most valuable Rangers in a row, and I think the top three in tier one by themselves. I think we we could all agree that it's Igor, Fox, and Panarin. Okay, cool. In tier two, it's Mika Zibanejad, and you can make him in tier one if you want. Kreider, Strom. Like <laughs> that's where we're at. He's number six still. It's, it's to him and Truba. You can't you can't find the, they're the most important on this team. And Lafreniere and Kako, of course, you you can say out there that the the development of both those players is important for the future. But for right now, for winning, it's just those just those guys. Ryan Strom. How about so uh, how about how about this how about this for an uncomfortable question here, Ryan? Yeah. But Aaron's back in the lineup, fully healthy. Yep. But you're down one of the centers. Are the Rangers? More able to handle being down Zibanejad or more a- ha- able to being down Strom? This is an, it this might is be an, Strom, this it is might an be incredibly uncomfortable question, especially after Mika Zibanejad did his thing where he's like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to win this game by myself, which he does. Yeah, He does that a lot. Sure. But the best center on the New York Rangers this year has been Ryan Strom, and it's not close. It's not close. It's fucking weird. It's not close. And I just, Mika, I Mika struggled a lot I, this year. Obviously, he's he's – balling right now he's just everything's working for him he's oh by the way haven't heard about the face-off losses in a while because the rangers have been winning them hmm makes you think very strange yeah for, ryan niels lundquist got scratched for lieber hayek tonight and everyone was fine what the fuck what's going on i understand winning, we're winning and i understand cures everything Shisterkin's playing great but what guys come on fuck off no <laughs> this is this is what i hated about the fire quinn crowd one i hated that they made me a fucking defender of david quinn i never wanted to be one I don't think he's a good coach. I think Gerard Gallant is a better coach. That's a universal fact. At the same time, Gallant has tendencies that are bad. He's not a fucking angel. He does stupid shit. And he does shit like keeping high. You want to keep Zach Jones in line? Baby, I'm all for it. Thank God the New York Rangers got Ryan Lindgren back tonight and still had room in their lineup for both Niels Lundqvist and Zach Jones. But you left Lieber fucking Hayek in? And I don't want to hear a single person being telling me that he's playing better and he's an NHL quality defenseman and his game is on the rise. He, he's not. Fuck no. He's not. He's been bad. Sure. He took, I'll he give, took I'll a really nice this. slap shot tonight where Zach Jones put it directly on his plate. 
That was it. He almost handled the puck into his own goddamn net. What do you <laughs> fuck? What he's doing in the offensive zone? The dude is he's fucking lost. If you want to say he's playing better, I will concede he's playing better. He's gone from flaming hot garbage to just hot garbage. They put the fire out, but he still smells like shit, looks like shit, and raccoons don't want to eat it. He's not good, and he's been on the he, he, over Lundquist. What are we doing with the, this? If this happened last year, this nobody would be would a six day about this game. The game wouldn't have been played. They would have stormed Madison Square Garden. There would have been fucking blood on the ice, and it's not Lindgren's this time. I just, I get that winning cures everything, and I, I understand that. But the biggest difference between David Quinn and Gerard Gallant is that Igor Shosturkin's really fucking good. That's the biggest difference. That's the number one difference. It's not the Evo full number one difference. You've been saying this for months. Year. There have been things that there's clearly a different aura about this team with Gallant. And no matter what, yes. like with tactician wise, he doesn't blend the lines. Okay. We agree. Cool. Yes. But, the, but the, this team, uh, not tonight, notwithstanding has sucked all year long at five V five. Yep. Has been buoyed by an incredible power play, a unit that David Quinn himself constructed and has been buoyed by the incredible play of Igor Shosturkin. That, for the most part, is why the New York Rangers have 48 it's points at this point. It's impossible to argue with you about those facts. Those are just facts. Gerard Gallant is a better media handler when it comes to protecting his players, even though he says absolutely fucking asinine shit and straight-up lies. But that I find interesting. And his players clearly love him. That. Clearly. he is. He's clearly a locker room guy. And it seems like, however, he's a locker room guy because he stays the fuck out of it and just doesn't throw anybody under the bus. All those things are good. I'm not saying the New York Rangers got, again, they they upgraded the coach, but the upgrade is like 10%, not 7,000%. And he still does a lot of stupid shit, like finding reasons to keep Lieber Hayek in this goddamn lineup. And I, this is, I'm very happy. This the is New York a, Rangers are the number one. This is a take the toys away moment again from the GM. Yes, this goes back. Jesus Christ. I used to say this about fucking Tanner Glass and Elaine Vigneault. That's how long I've been making this point. The example I used in this was Eric Campbell and Terry Collins. That's how long <laughs> I've been making this fucking point. That's three Met managers ago. Take the toys One away. One of them didn't even coach a game. And they, they just, that's how long, you, you got to take the fucking toys away. But the problem is, Ryan, not only do we know that Gerard Gallant likes the toy, we know that Chris Jury fucking loves the toy. You know how I know that? Our right winger went back to Russia for that fucking prick. Like, what? What? And what why? This team could be so much better. This team the is team, already good. The team's Imagine good. This team was great. It'd be incredible. I'd, I'd this podcast would just be us coming on here every night, being like, "Hey, Ryan, how great is life? <laughs> Gee, great. Life seems pretty. Seems great. pretty. It's Isn't good right world, now. Number one team in the league. That's <sighs> it. But it's just like, ah, uh, it's like the Rangers understand that the rest of the class is being graded on a curve, so they don't want to get a 100 on the test and doing everything possible to just stay at that nice cool 87 because they know that grade's going to get boosted to an A because everyone else is shit in the bed and they don't want to fuck it up for everybody else. But you know what? Fuck everybody else. Just be good. Be great even. Just stop with this high-end bullshit. What are we doing? Um, it's so stupid. Uh, all right, so Mika had a great weekend. Obviously, we beat the Lightning back-to-back. We talk about that with Estevez uh, a little bit. Uh, is there anything else, any other point we kind of missed that we want to talk about? Obviously, Panarin, he's, he's, he'll be back. But other than that, I think uh, team – I love asking the question. Is the team good? I think, yes, the answer is the team is good. There you go. I just I, – the, the question leading into all these games was, can the Rangers be good teams? And I understand the Oilers are the Oilers, and it's complicated when you beat them. But to come on here or anyone to tell me that the Tampa Bay Lightning, even a depleted version of the Tampa Bay Lightning, aren't good, you're nuts. And then the second game, they got better. The, the, the Lightning were more vulnerable the first night when the Rangers won in a fucking shootout. They were near full strength or as full strength as they're going to be in this fucked up season on Sunday. And the Rangers shit pumped them. I, you, can, you can say it's because the Lightning traveled, blah, blah, blah. Also, uh, maybe... One of the notes we haven't talked about a lot on this show, and I got thinking to it because Sam and Joe did mention it a bunch on Sunday, and it's a good point. This team has a lot of home games to play, like a ton of home games left well, to play this to, They're about to do a five-game road trip. Right. They, their schedule is backloaded with just staying in New York, and all they are doing 
right now is banking points on the road constantly. And that, again, it's super important. This, go back to earlier this season when it sounded like every episode you and I thought you would have listened to the show and you would have thought the Rangers had lost 14 straight games. But they were actually the, – the number or the moment in time my head is when the Rangers were 7-3-3. Three, and three. They had no business being 7-3-3 three, and three because they straight up weren't playing well. But every time we would say, this is important. They are banking points when they don't deserve points. If they can keep doing this, everything should turn around, and then they're going to be even better. And slowly and surely, things are starting to turn around a little bit. We're getting better. And again, this, this team just rattled off three straight wins against quality opponents, regardless of whatever you feel about the Edmonton Oilers, in a four-day period, and two of them were without their best player, Artemi Panarin. And I, what else if do you're you not want? encouraged by that, what, exactly. What else do you want? It's, it's like the people who tell me you wouldn't push the chips all in on this Ranger season. Well, I don't feel like the team is going to be better. The team ain't changing. In next year, all they're going to be is one year older. And, yes, that's good for the Adam Fox, the Capococco, the Alexei Lafreniere, the Keandre Miller. Those guys it's good for. But it's also true for Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin and Igor Shosturkin, guys you don't necessarily want to get older. You just – you have this – golden opportunity to do something as a team this season that is fucked up that has teams playing stupid schedules and that you thought you were going to the olympics you're not even doing that anymore that this is it ripe for your opportunity take it it's never been better it's than right now given to never you on a be. plate take it Please, I'm begging you. Rangers currently tied with the, with the Capitals at 48 points for the top of the Metro. Obviously, the Hurricanes and the Penguins still have three games to make up. This schedule is all messed up, uh, so things could change clearly there. But the Rangers have taken advantage of their situation, and they have to go out and make a trade. And we'll talk about that extensively over the next couple weeks here. Let's do some five-star questions, shall we? Any other topics you want I to get to before we do that? I suppose we shall. All right, uh, let's start with uh, Matty Jack. The Rangers are 3-8-2 when they play playoff teams. This was before New Year's. Do you guys think that the record is an indi- indicative uh, on what we're likely to see during these series? Why or why not? No, was, Matty. Did you, try to, did you try to say the word indicative? I did. Did I say indicative? Did again? Yeah, I said indicative. Indicative? Yeah, indicative. That's not a word. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I wanted to say, Matt, you were wrong. There you go. It's you. Um, <laughs> I am setting Matt a holiday sweater, though, so there you go. Uh, hey. Uh, this is from Jess Gibsey. Uh, not sure if Ryan is allowed to discuss this topic, but are the Rangers showcasing Hayek? Hmm. No. <laughs> I think they are. No, they are not. They, and it, I got to tell you again, they if they are, uh, it's a bad showing. It's kind of like, I'll compare it to again, the Kingsman. Again, Greg, tonight, nobody else, no, no other games, executives watching. Tonight was the night. They had to start him. Sure. They, they had to start him. Yeah, no, I'll compare it to the Kingsman. Where I went in with incredibly low expectations because I didn't really enjoy the last one and they still weren't met. That's Lieber Hayek, the kayak. Uh, I'm going to skip, David, I'm going to skip your prospect question because uh, it's about Mets prospects that I've never even heard of. And that's crazy. Mets prospects? Uh, yeah. You ever heard of, uh, uh, is this Soto's brother? Like oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Another baby, day. Soto's coming, baby. Another day. Another day. No, I'll do it right now. <laughs> you, you want my theory? You think they're going to try and send Soto in a couple of years? Oh, yeah. In a couple of years, Nationals are fucking capitulating. So it is like the you think, generation. You think Juan Soto makes it to the end of his contract, contracted term in Washington? Let, let me just say this, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because this is a good Ranger show today. If the Washington Nationals don't sign Juan Soto to like a 13-year deal, it's, it's, it's a disaster. There's nothing Okay, but why does Juan Soto want to stay in Washington? They have to do every, the money. You have to give them everything. You're right. You, you're telling me that other teams that aren't going to have to get – don't forget, the Nationals other team, they're paying Max Scherzer $25 million this year okay. simply because right, they didn't right, want to pay right, him right. that $25 million up front, bro. That team, incredible. you think, is going to structure that contract in a way that will net him the most money? Get the fuck out of here. All right, let's move on. We'll, we'll do an OT on this because I really could go on for a while. Uh, Soto for the future make great. That's all I'm saying. Uh, pure guts ass. So the Rangers good. Yes. Uh, Mesa Spades. First period versus the Bolts. Is this the best period of the Rangers have played all season? No, it's the second best period because that, that one period they played against the Golden Knights and then ended up losing that game was the best period by far. I agree. That second period. Yep. Uh, second period? I think it was the second period. Nick I, after watching the last few games, what percent chance would you give the Rangers in a seven-game series versus the top teams in the East? Seems like they can at least make a few games competitive. I think they could win every single series. You have Igor Shosturkin. Like it's, yeah. it, you're not lacking talent here, everybody. You have the, the the best, if not a top three left winger in the league. You have the best goalie and the best defenseman. 
I, what else do you want? It's not like the rest how many, of the, How not... many times do we come on this podcast and simply state, all you need is a hot goalie? And it doesn't even have to be a good goalie, right? We've seen Matt Murray lift Stanley Cups. We saw fucking Jonathan fucking Quick lift the Stanley Cup. Twice. You don't have to be blessed with God's talent to win a cup. You just got to get hot at the right time. It got Jordan Bennington paid. It got David Riddich paid. You get hot at the right time and things tend to go in your favor. And Igor is good enough where he doesn't even have to be the hottest of hot to carry this team. He just has to be Igor fucking Shesterkin and he'd be able to do it. But also, again, we have no idea what the fuck this virus is going to look like in May and June. No No fucking clue. clue. We could be on the fucking Jupiter variant by that point, which is completely symptomatic free. But your legs stop working. Thank you. And it's just like, (laughs) I I don't know. We just, we don't fucking know. Nobody knows. It's true. So all you have to do is keep the right players healthy and you have a fucking shot. I, I bet, I'd bet on Igor any night and I'd put Igor up against anybody in this league in a seven game series. I don't know if he's going to be able to do it on his own, but I know that the New York Rangers, as currently constructed, have put enough talent around him that on some nights he won't have to do it on his own. And I know even better that they have the cap space to go out there and get that one player, Joe Pavelski, that'll make them even better than what they are currently. And it's just, if this isn't the year you push your chips and guys, there's just not going to be a year. You're just always, it'll always be the next year. It'll never feel like the right year because when it, when it's supposed to be the right year, things might not break your way. Someone might get hurt. Someone might disappear. Someone might not be able to be the player we think he's going to be. This is it. This is your chance. You have put yourself in this position to go do something special. Fucking do it. Make the trade. Bring in the peace. Do the thing. Be good. Be entertaining. Why are you rooting for your team to not be entertaining? Come on. No, yeah. There's, there's no more lottery picks. We got one and two. We're ready to roll. All right. Uh, this, is yeah. for, this is for I don't give a shit who the Rangers are going to take a 24th overall. Don't care. Take it. That's, if it helps me that, get Pavelski done. It's a five-year program problem for me. Uh, Swingard asks, are, are Lundqvist and Jones a viable NHL pairing, or are they too small to play together, or is that just old-guy hockey thinking? I think it's old-guy hockey I think it's an old-guy hockey thing. Yeah. They're, they're too skilled. They're both extremely skilled. And how much smaller are they than Adam Fox? Are they really that much smaller? I know Lundqvist is smaller. I don't know if Jones is – Jones is, like, physically smaller still because, you know – two years younger and you got to give these guys time to build up some muscle, but you know, listen, Jones is five ten. So hard, hard, hard to take the puck off someone's stick has nothing to do with their size. Sometimes it has a lot to do with their skill, their hands and their skating. And I think both are capable of that. So I, no, I don't think they're small. Also, I made this note on, um, I think it was Sunday. It, It is a little odd that Tim Gettinger hasn't gotten any run with the New York Rangers. Cause that man is tough to play against just from a size standpoint. He's a big fucking dude. So it, it is a little odd that the Rangers haven't tried more of Gettinger. You know what I mean? Can I, can I just read you a stat real quick? This is a, this is a stat. I just looked up. Adam Fox is 5'11, 183. Niels Lundqvist is 5'11, 187. Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Hmm, that's interesting. Zach Jones, 5'11", 185. Okay. Okay. What, what, why are we calling them small? Is Adam Fox small? I know. That, that's, that's, that's six foot one on skates. Okay. Did we, have, did we ever – did anybody ever call Adam Fox small? After, like, game uh, two. I bet, you, I, bet you, I bet you when he was a prospect. Sure. You stop being small when you're really fucking good. You ever notice that? I, yeah, I did notice that. That's why, I, that's why I'm 5'9 now. Thanks, everybody. No, I'm not. Uh, all right, I, this is that's just such a ridiculous thing. Uh, this is an Olympics question. Cordog with fries asks: We are all agree that biathlon is the greatest winter Olympic sport, but what is the no, second best? Not sport up for debate. And why is it curling? I agree, it is curling. What What was the second one? What is the second best sport? Is why is it curling? Oh, no, it's speed skating for me. Mm, that's a good one too. That's fun. Yeah, it's horse racing on ice. It's great. Curling's just so relaxing. Uh, next question. This is from Greg's Dead Hopes and Dreams. Uh, new New Year's Eve. Oh. Uh, Hi, Dad. We, we know the Rangers have a right wing issue. You guys have talked about it numerous times. How come they don't call up scoring right wing? Right wing uh, I can't say his name. Fuck. Punyemi. Punyemi. Yeah, Boring. down in Hartford. At least try something different. Uh, they just don't believe he's ready. 
I mean, I think they would, if, if they really thought, thought they were scoring, or maybe if this team was really losing all the time, they might try Baron at right wing. They like Baron a lot, but that's not going to happen right now. I also, a lot of players have gone to the AHL, put up massive numbers, and then have not become anything. One of them, I, I know he's a, he, I've put him so far out of my head. Jer, was it Brocco, right? Yep. In Toronto? Yes. Yeah. How many how him. many podcasts did I spend I trying to say we I should just trade for that schmo? Out of the league now. Like all the Well, leagues. yeah. I mean, I think he's like a bad I think person. he did some bad things, yeah. But like he's a he's a <laughs> terrible a, human? Not a good guy. Yeah, there you go. Right. Um, and not like the ironically not kind of good. Yeah, like not, a, like a, not like a, anyway. hey, he's a bad man. Yeah, like he's anyway, a bad Anyway, I there is – it's – I think it's important for young players to show that they're capable of scoring in the AHL, but I think we all need to stop assuming that scoring in the AHL also means you will score in the NHL. However, Sorry, I'd much rather allow him to have an entire season in Hartford. I just, maybe, sure, in the 2% chance that Laurie is exactly what ails the New York Rangers, it would be great, but I don't think that's a fair expectation for him. And again, the New York Rangers are in this unique position where they don't need him to be that to, to be that guy because they have the money to go get whatever guy they want. And they also have the trade ships to go get whatever guy they want, probably without including Laurie. So you can give him more time to put up points in Hartford. I, I it's not a bad idea. I don't want to say it's a bad idea, but this team is uncomfortable trying uh, unleashing Goche. I'm not a thousand percent sure. Dude, Goche is hilarious, by the way. He, he, can't, he can't stop doing the exact same move every time he touches the puck. It's become like I, I, I audibly giggle. He takes one hand and he drives right to the net no matter where he is. It's unbelievable. It's great. It's, a, I, it, it's not a bad idea. I want to make that clear. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting idea. But I also want to make it clear that the Rangers are in such a unique spot that that doesn't need to be one of the first 10 ideas that they have. I, co- I couldn't agree more. This is, um, I think that's all we have to talk about today. We're going to talk to Matthew Estevez. First, we're going to get some word from our sponsor. But uh, we'll be back late. Uh, just quick programming note. Next week when we record the show, it'll be before the Kings game on Monday night because they play at 10 a.m. Or 10 p.m. rather, all the, all the West Coast games. So it'll be a little pre-reaction and a, a little bit of a breakdown from over the weekend. All right. Anything else, Greg, before we transition over here? Um, let me see. What did the Mets do today? Nope. Nothing. Okay. Trans- no, I don't have anything. Position. Hello there. Hello. 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 Happy New Year. And with the new year, we have some information we need to give you guys. DraftKings Sportsbook is coming soon to New York. 2022 going to be the greatest year ever. It won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports right here in the Empire State on the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app. You know DraftKings for the daily fantasy contests, but now they've brought their expertise to sports betting so that sports fans everywhere can get on the action. Like, say, oh, I don't know, maybe the over in Rangers-Oilers on the game that was played on Monday. I'm sure, doing this promo before the game's played, that none of this is dated. DraftKings Sportsbook offers everything you would ever want from a sports betting app, from player props to same game parlays, you name it, they have it in just a short time. You'll be able to bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home with one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. That's DraftKings Sportsbooks. DraftKings is safe, secure, more importantly, reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So check out DraftKings and tell them I sent you while you're at it. Use promo code BLUESHIRTS, B-L-U-E-S-H-I-R-T-S. That's promo code BLUESHIRTS. DraftKings Sportsbook coming soon. To New York State, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for full details. Must be 21 years old or older and physically present in New York. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Nice. Hey, back with our first guest of the day. It's Matthew Estevez. He's our resident Tampa Bay expert. Been on the show many, many times when he's won many cups. He's had a great time. Uh, He works for Raw Charge. Matthew, what's up, man? What's going on, boys? It's been a little what, bit, hasn't well, it? Well, hold on. I thought it was a Steve's. Is it not? No, come Steve's? on. I can speak English Look now. Look for Greg. Look for Greg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matthew, uh, an interesting weekend for the Lightning uh, and the Rangers. The Rangers take two, uh, take both games. Obviously, the overtime. The Lightning don't look like their normal selves. Am I crazy to think that they're just, um, just warming up, just waiting for the playoffs? What we're kind of getting some post championship fatigue. What's going on with the squad right now? 
I mean, it's most definitely not post-championship fatigue. The team was on a roll before this whole big shutdown happened before, before the uh, holiday break. And now, I mean, there was clear rust. Um, for Christ's sake, we had two AHL caliber at best goaltenders for one game. And then we had a decent portion of the players come back, but they just decided to shit the bed horribly um, and forgot how to play defense. So uh, the past two games against the Rangers don't really bother me that much. They were playing really, really well considering the people they, they had out uh during that stretch but i think right now it's just ironing out um timing and just getting rust thrown off and you go get a team like the rangers who have a lot of high-end talent and who don't really i know the rangers to me are, are kind of team now who kind of just put their foot down and say try to stop us and when it works it works great for the rangers that is when it doesn't work well it's really really bad that's correct um so for me it was just like eh I mean, I, I expected to lose the first game when we literally had two AHL goaltenders, like guys who had no business being in the NHL, which we saw very clearly. Um, no offense to them. I mean, they're still great players, but let's be honest. They, they just weren't NHL goaltenders. They're not Vasilevsky. So. Um, the next game against Vasilevsky, oh boy. Obviously, <laughs> the man had some rust, and it was rough. Um, and the Rangers pretty much ran them over in that second game. At least in the first game, the offense was showing up. In the second game, oh boy. Everyone was shooting blanks, but um, that's just kind of how it rolls in the NHL. So, I mean, to me, it was just like, oh, well, got your ass kicked. <laughs> I got, I have, I have two points to make, but then I want to ask you a very serious question. The first point is, uh, I don't know what you did to piss off Barkley Goodrow, but <laughs> apparently you did. So, thank you, thank you for that. Now we're just going to try and figure out a way to convince Barkley that every game is against the Lightning and he'll be worth the three point six million on a six year deal. Second, um, you guys Thanks. understand you, you, you won the Ryan McDonough trade. You didn't need to lose the Libra Hayek twice to like give us a pity or whatever it is you were doing. And look. I took offense to that. So look. fuck you. But now my actual <laughs> look, point. Look, 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 you guys, <laughs> by extension, get to celebrate those two Stanley Cups since Ryan McDonough was a huge piece of both of those Stanley Cups. Yeah, I yeah. count so that. By you know, extension. Running, a, a, great, a great player played great for a great team. I, I'm <laughs> shocked. Um, I mean, when, when you can roll out two number one defensemen on two different pairings and just say, eh, have fun, it's pretty – Couldn't pretty you make a case you had that. three at some points? Yeah, you honestly could. Yeah. Yeah, remember remember the first time we ever talked to Estevez and we thought we were getting Sergachev? That was a really fun time. Let's go back <laughs> to those days. Uh, and I, had to, I, had, I had to burst your bubble every time. <laughs> We really yeah, thought it was that, happening. Just, just, just lovely. Anyway, the, my actual question, because I, I don't feel like we ask this question enough to other people who come on their show. Sometimes we're usually just poking and prodding about the team they cover. But considering the team you covered just played the team we covered on back-to-back games, I am looking for your honest assessment of the New York Rangers. Are you worried about facing them in the playoffs if you have to? Is this a team you – fear have respect for what is what is you a tampa bay lightning writer's opinion of the rangers a team who just played the tampa bay lightning twice good team don't know if they can actually do it when it counts honestly um there's no doubt that the rangers are an immeasurably talented team especially with those young guys um it remains to be seen if they can do it one consistently two um when everything is you know on the plate. The last time we got to see the Rangers in any kind of playoff scenario was the bubble against the hurricanes. And well, that was, you know how that went. Um, I, I do. We got Alexi Lafreniere. It went great. Thank you. Yeah. For, uh, bringing that up. <laughs> but um, me as a lightning fan and, and as a writer, I'm not scared of any team. Cause I've seen what the lightning can do when they play their game. They did lose a lot of pieces, important pieces um, over the off season, but they've shown that they can bounce back pretty damn well. It's just a matter of can they be consistent with it? And they were finding consistency, and then obviously this break happened. But every year a team is different. You know, like a team that won it in 2020 is all by it wasn't very different personnel wise from the one that won back to back cups. But the way they won games was different. In 2020, they kind of just stomped everybody. In 2021, they didn't really stomp people. There were games here and there, but. <clears throat> For Christ's sake, I think we lost almost every single overtime game in 2021, whereas we won almost every single overtime game in 2020. We also went to more overtime games in 2020 than 2021. Um, 2020 felt like it was more of a, we get a lead, and then you can't do shit against us. Whereas in 2020, it was more like, we're just going to beat the shit out of you, and you're going to like it. Um, 
And now this incarnation of the team, our team, is kind of a mix, but nowhere near as talented. And that's for the Rangers. They kind of—I don't want to say they remind me of the of the fourteen fifteen Lightning who went to the final and lost to the Hawks, because I feel like this 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 Rangers team has more high end offensive talent than we did at that stretch. Um, but the Rangers are a good hockey team. They are. They the good thing right now is that they're winning games. They really shouldn't have. They, they really shouldn't win. Uh, I know early in the season they were there was a whole lot of talk because I, I follow I follow you guys and I follow a whole bunch of other Ranger people. The whole talk of you guys was, you know, you're winning games, but is it sustainable? The good thing is you, that tells you you have the talent to win games you shouldn't win. That's good. Now the next step is doing the process right. And if if the team keeps progressing the way it is, I mean, you guys are going to be a fucking pain in the ass here in the next year or two. And God, look, any Adam Fox is a gem. Oh yeah, for having Adam. He Fox. might not even be the he best player on the team sometimes, which is the which is the scariest thing. He is just fucking phenomenal. Sarah, there yeah, are people you're... on the internet that legitimately think Adam Fox isn't a good defender, and he's uh, fucking fantastic. He's ridiculous. He's, he's fantastic. Ridiculous. Yeah, he makes all these different plays that not a lot of defenders can make. Whether it's a denial of the the puck into the neutral zone, the blue line plays he makes, all, everything he makes everything look so easy. It's obnoxious. All... All three zones, he's phenomenal. He's got it all. He's yeah, just phenomenal. He, now he, he might will... not he might not have like the the high end offensive ceiling as like a Kale McCarr or somebody, but he doesn't need to. Well, it, and he still puts up a shit ton of points. It, it's like people want him to be a better one on one defender, but the be- thing that makes Adam Fox special he's defensively like, what, is twenty two, twenty three, twenty three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he'll the, be the fine. Thing, <laughs> the thing that makes him special he is he won a Norris at twenty two years old. Shut the fuck up, people. <laughs> if. Uh, if, if the puck is around yeah. you and Adam Fox, I promise you that Adam Fox has it, and you're not getting it from him. So oh his God. best defensive attribute is he doesn't have to play defense. Look, all the he's talk, just going to eat the puck. All the talk about him being, quote-unquote, better one-on-one, it'll come in time. Sure. Are there areas of his game he needs to improve on? Sure. Find me any defenseman in the fucking league who does it, okay? Yep. Like, he won the Norris at 22 years old. Right. He's already a top fucking five defenseman in the league. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, he's only going to get better for fuck's sake. Look All at right. Victor Hedman for fuck's sake. Victor Hedman was in a position of like he needs to legitimately get better at defense when he was 22, 23 years old. Now look at Victor Hedman. Okay? He's a, he's a monster. Still Adam a... Fox is already on a better trajectory than that. Still legitimate. Uh, you did mention that you weren't scared of any teams right now. And I think you, you shouldn't be because you're the Lightning. And uh, while, while you don't have your unfair advantages here, you have the, the resume. <laughs> yet, yet. 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 Sorry. Yet. 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 <laughs> you have the resume and you've done it before. And that, that goes a long way, especially in the NHL. One thing I, I do I do want to ask you is something that Greg and I have kind of been looking at. And at least for the Rangers, this is this is what makes it so interesting this year. Who's the teams? I know you're not scared of anyone, but is there who's who's the biggest competition for a cup in the East? Because as we look through the East, you know, the Leafs, still got to prove it. The Panthers, are we sure? The Bruins, down year. Capitals, Hurricanes, Penguins? Like, who? who is it for you? Hmm. I mean, obviously you want to say the Leafs because they have been playing exceptionally good hockey overall the past, like, month and a half after their, you know, huge up and down start of the season. But everything in that fucking market gets amplified to fucking 30. So millions. It's hard to... Millions. Yeah, it's it's hard to really gauge the team, and when you just read what's being said about them on Twitter and, and and in certain discourse. But in general, I mean, the Leafs look like a machine right now. Now, yes, absolutely, we have to see if they can get it done in the first round. But eventually, they're going to do it. Like, there's no way that team can like continue to lose in the first round. Like, they'll 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 eventually fluke their ass into one. It's just for for fuck's sake. I mean, it has to. Happen. Let's remember the. Let's remember the Senators from a few years ago made the Eastern Conference Final when they were arguably the worst team in the playoffs. Beat the Rangers. Shit happens. Well aware of yes. this. Shit happens, okay? Um, so the Leafs are obviously a team we would keep an eye on. The Panthers are a buzzsaw, like flat-out a buzzsaw. Let's remember, last year when we beat them in six games, we beat them simply due to the fact that we we were just more clutch than them, honestly. When it came to clutch time goals, we got it. They didn't. They also had a goalie carousel going for like half the entire series. They did. Now it looks like Bob is actually playing correctly, not his head up his ass. And Spencer Knight, he's playing like a rookie, obviously, but he's playing pretty well overall. Um but if they get consistent goaltending, that team is a goddamn buzzsaw. Like, even without Quenville, that team is just murdering people. Um, Boston is irrelevant. They cannot score. Um, there's really no one else in our division that I'm really even remotely worried about. In the Metro, Washington will continue to be Washington until Washington dies. Just same with Pittsburgh. 
they are teams that you may you might count them out and then they'll go on a run because that's just what they do because they have a Sidney Crosby and an Alex Ovechkin. That's just what they do. Until they're dead, they're not dead. Um, I Can, would say the Islanders, but the Islanders have been absolute horseshit this season. It's just not their year. Everything's gone wrong. It, it's just everything has gone wrong for them. I don't think they can climb out of this hole. Carolina is also a buzzsaw, but Carolina's problem to me, just the same as it was last year, is finishing. Carolina like, reminds like, me of like the 2007 Colts. I don't know why that came came back, but that those those teams that just can like get it done in the regular season just are generally yeah. extremely very good, and then don't have the star power to go all the way. Well, it's also it's also Carolina is a philosophically different team. Like they are very much we will just beat you with the depth that we have. Now they do have good high end talent. Aho is fantastic. So they do. Smechnikov. and so is Teravainen. But you compare those guys to like a Kucherov or a Matthews, they're they're not at that level. Um. And then their goaltending is always a question mark. Yeah, Freddie Anderson's playing fantastic, and Alan Ronta is good when he's actually healthy. But we also know what Frederick Anderson's history is. You know, he has his history for a reason. Now, whether or not that was due to Toronto being Toronto and just being too much for him, or that's just Freddie Anderson being Freddie Anderson. Let's remember, he also did that to a certain extent in Anaheim, too. Um, so it remains to be seen if Freddie Anderson, if this is just standard Freddie Anderson's hot for a while, and then he's back to Freddie Anderson, who lets in goals that make you scratch your head. You know, Carolina will live and die by that. And they're banking on the fact that they'll get good Freddie more times than bad Freddie. Um, since he's in a much smaller market now that isn't, you know, breathing down his neck for wearing a different type of shoe every fucking game, it might be easier for him. Who knows? Um, but that team is ridiculously talented regardless. So they're going to be a problem no matter what happens. Other teams in the Metro, I already talked about the Rangers. I think the Rangers will make it just because they banked so many points and like that, their high-end talent will just carry them through, but they have to find a certain level of consistency that they haven't found yet. Aside from that, what? who else is really in the picture in the Metro right now? It's just the Penguins, but that's Sidney Crosby. Yeah, that's... it's the fucking Penguins, man. Like, they're not going Until they're dead, they're not dead. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, is, Matt, how about, how about this? Let me, let me phrase it this way. Have you ever had a harder time – I mean – I know Ryan's not a big NFL guy anymore, but as, as someone that's an NFL fan and enjoys the financial aspects of the NFL playoffs, we should say promo code blue shirts. Um, <laughs> wow. Jesus Christ. I got to give you credit for that slide. And that was, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I am. The, the, it is a gift. Sometimes it really makes you think, but my, my question to you, Matt, it, I, I know we live in these COVID times now and literally anything is impossible to predict, but it, isn't that kind of the point we, you that you're here talking with us about teams we think we need to be worried about um, come playoff time, but especially with Omicron just hanging around and wreaking havoc, not just in real life, but in the NHL, there's never been a year more God only knows as a fan of any sport. Man, I don't know how to, I, I don't know how to handicap years, the race <laughs> simply because I don't know who's still going to be here. Yeah. Who's going to be playing? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Dude, you can say that for the past two years, for fuck's sake. You know, we had the bubble in 2020, and then we had the weird ass season in 21, you know, and now we have this season that's been turned into a weird ass. Like, it's three consecutive seasons, which is like, what the hell? I have no idea you know? how what they're going to do with the Canadian games because they already announced the Canada's <sighs> on lockdown pretty much till the 17th of January. They're going to cancel yeah. every single Canadian game. Until then, and I, you know, I have no idea if they're going to res- how they're going to reschedule all these games. Yeah. I have no you idea. know, I, I, I admire you guys for being so just dogged in your coverage because man, it has been rough for me to give a shit about this season because it's for for one, I mean, work full time has been just destroying me. We know the feeling, um, you know, and just I'm just like, oh, I don't want to cover this shit, and it's just the league keeps stumbling over their goddamn feet with all this COVID shit. And it's just a mess. And it's like, Oh man, like fucking Christ. It's not just the league, buddy. It's everyone. It's everyone. It's, it's everywhere. every it's single everywhere. aspect it's of everywhere. life. I promise. And it just, it just deteriorates any kind of joy I get out of watching the game right now. And it's just like, Oh man, it, it's a frustrating time, but I, we try and use the Rangers. Uh, we've said this for years. It's an escape for us. It's like, Hey, this is the 30 minutes we get to just not think about Omicron. Unfortunately, I have to think about it when it comes to the Canadian games and uh, and the future yeah. of the league. So it's just going to be a really interesting February because I think there's going to be, if things turn around at all, let's see what happens with the waves. And Honestly, everything. it's going to be a real interesting just leg race to the end of the season. Like, let's just, like, I know they're doing this, like, semi-break. Well, they did a semi-break during the holidays to kind of reset everything. But, you know, we'll see if it's going to rear its ugly head again because... I mean, leading up to this whole big surge that happened in December, I mean, 
there was little spots here and then it happened more and more and more and more and more and then boom it just what there was one day it was like what 30 plus players yep and then it went to like 105 in like two days yeah and it it just exploded and it's just like okay yeah now what it's i do think there's a there's a situation where the north american we're all north american duh where uh where the (laughs) non-canadian teams are gonna have like kind of like a week off as these Canadian teams just make up a shit ton of games like in March and April. I have no idea. I, I wouldn't be surprised you, if they push the playoffs back. You know what I'm well, see, that's a possibility. What I'm worried about is like they're gonna cram these games in for these Canadian teams and it's gonna absolutely drain their ass. Yeah, well, I, we, we shouldn't we shouldn't just say Canadian teams. I mean, I, if I didn't if I didn't see it incorrectly yesterday, I'm pretty sure the Bruins haven't even played thirty games yet this year. Nope. Like we've we've made conclusions about how good or bad this Boston Bruins team is. And they're literally some six, seven, eight games behind teams above them in the standings. Well, so even... I, it's, ahead, it's just, it's, I don't know how to, I, this is another reason why as a, as a person who covers the New York Rangers and understands the amount of cap space the Rangers have, I would literally just push all my chips in on this season because the Rangers have won more games than we thought they should have. They have a very clear need in the top of their lineup. It's a very good roster, even without that need. And this is just such a weird season that whether you think your team's ready or not, just take the swing because banners fly forever. Give, give them the experience. Yeah, it flags give fly the, forever. Give, give, it's, 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 a, it's a different situation when it comes to, um, like, the Rangers doing that in comparison to other teams, like teams like, let's just say, I don't know, like Montreal loading up or Boston, uh, Montreal, Boston, or like a Dallas loading up. Cause like they're on their last legs with a lot of their players. The Rangers are just entering their, their real prime with, with some of these guys and getting them into those playoff atmospheres is important. Um, now we can't really put a metric on how important that is. Uh, but getting in the, getting in there, I mean, it goes back to that tired, that tired trope of, you know, if you get in the dance, you have a shot. Cause we've seen so many other random low seeds get through there or teams that you weren't expecting. Um, it's really not as many know. as you think though if you look back like the 15 years it's like the blues i mean and then just think of just think of us in 14 15 we were a good hockey team but we weren't viewed as like a real contender right. and then we ran yeah, you through... keep bringing up that team it's starting to feel personal i, I just i just <laughs> need to say right now like, this is the second time you're like oh this ranger team reminds me of that look man why don't why, I mean, when we made well, you know the Stanley Cup what final, happened in that game seven again don't realize yeah. how you got there <laughs> what happened? i mean it's not my fault if your offensive talent just couldn't beat ben Bishop in Game Seven. That's not my fault. Ryan, don't fucking say it. Say what? I know you want to say it. Say what? And Estevez here is baiting you <laughs> to get a reaction out of me. And I don't want to hear it. I ain't doing it today. Say what? What are you talking about? Shut up. Shut. Shut. Shut the fuck up. I already know. But regardless. Regardless. Like I get what you're saying. It makes sense to me. And in regards to Boston, it's one of those things of like, they have great underlying numbers, but their biggest problem, and it's always been their goddamn problem for the past few years, they cannot fucking finish their chances. That is their goddamn problem. They have one line that is absolutely phenomenal, and then they're, everything behind that just doesn't have the finishing power to really keep up. That's always been their problem. And they thought they solved it with Taylor Hall, and then what happened? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we talked about going all in. Is there any trades that you're looking or the, you think the Lightning are looking at this year, or, you, or is there any chance they they make some? I don't know. Hey, let's go for yeah, th- is, go for three in a row. Do the Lightning have a need, or is this another? We're just waiting for Kucherov to come back, and he's our deadline acquisition type thing. Kucherov solves a lot of problems. But yeah, I so wouldn't duh. be opposed to them. <laughs> I wouldn't be opposed to them probably getting another middle six winger to really bulk up the lineup. Um, whether it's a center or a winger, it doesn't really matter. But you know, Barclay Goodrow plays both. Yes, but we're not taking him back. Oh, um, you sure? He's a really good guy. He played well, really we were, well again. We've, yeah. we've, we've, we've injected a lot of young guys into the lineup, which is great. It's just a matter of, given how this management group has done things in the past, it wouldn't surprise me if they try to make a trade for a veteran winger to push one of those kids down more and give more consistent scoring in the middle of the lineup. Because, I mean, that's the biggest reason why Tampa won these two cups. Like they had one top line that was absolutely murdering people. And then they had two second lines that just beat the shit out of you. Just absolutely beat the shit out of you. You know, when you come at them with essentially nine top six wingers, it's really hard to beat that. Really fucking hard. That, that's what the Rangers are trying to do, except Berkeley Goodrow is um, 
sometimes he is that kind of that guy when he's the lightning really that's that's really about it otherwise he's like he's like the perfect fourth liner just unfortunately we do we do move him up a lot he's fantastic on the third line too he doesn't have the finishing capability you'd like on a third liner but he complements talented guys so goddamn well that's why he worked so well with us we just have like he a weird situation right now with a little glaffinier on the third a lot of the time and he's trying to you know brecca goodrow is kind of just this offensive black hole when it comes to him at points he is a good player that's that's, it, that's just what he is it's just his know? contract is, is what you know makes everyone but that's why him. that's why the rangers are probably look at a guy like pavelski or thomas hurdle or something yeah. like that i i need yeah. you to understand the dirty things i would do if the new york rangers <laughs> trade for joe pavelski <laughs> I, 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 we all have a guy we've hung our hat on, and my hat is so firmly hung on Joe Pavelski. Being he's a hell of a fucking player, man. He's so good, and it's one of those things where he, he shouldn't be this good at this age. No, he really shouldn't. And he's also, I, I listen. I think the three of us we have a a skepticism for what it means for guys to be good locker room guys. But Joe Pavelski is a wet dream for like locker room chemistry. That dude is everything. The analytics community wants and everything the Dude, eye test community wants and everything year, old hockey men want. First he's year like, in Dallas, they go to the fucking final. He's perfect. He's literally perfect. I would dirty dirty things, Matt. Every dirty thing. You want three first round picks and uh one of the prize defenses. Jesus Rangers Christ, have, Greg, relax. He's 37. <laughs> fine. I don't care. He's it's 37. just meaningless to me. I love that man. And he's just the it, it's like I, I've built this great puzzle. It's the best puzzle I've ever worked on in my life. I'm very clearly missing this one big piece, and his name is Joe Pavelski. And I would like to complete this puzzle and enjoy the rest of my summer um, right before, you know, something happens to DeGrom or baseball doesn't exist or any of the things that could possibly befall the New York Mets that haunts my life and at every turn. Give you me this one bit existence? of happiness. And, it, and that, that happiness is Joe Pavelski. I just want it very clear. <laughs> I, I don't even think we answered the question. Are, are the Lightning going after anybody? I don't know, honestly. If you I mean, get like, Joe Pavelski, like said, man, you're coming back on this podcast. If, fucking, fucking if, if Julian Breezeball somehow swings a trade to get Joe Pavelski, I will literally just piss myself laughing. That's cool. That is, It'll be the last thing you do. I'm, like, I'm, imagine imagine, imagine, <laughs> imagine a healthy Lightning lineup with a 50% retained salary on Joe Pavelski on the third line. Fuck off. With Corey Perry, with Corey Perry and like Pat Maroon. God, that's like those are such such an annoying team. What an annoying team! Um, What's the upcoming schedule for you guys like? What are you expecting? What What did the Lightning need to do? What What? Give me the final rundown here. Looked at the schedule for this week, so we got. Let me see here. I know we have a home game on Thursday. I forget who it is. Probably all canceled. Uh, We've got Columbus. We got Columbus tomorrow night. Columbus missing some Columbus key tomorrow players. night. We got Calgary on Thursday, Boston That's on wide. Saturday. Those are both at home, and then we're on the road for Jersey and Buffalo Monday and Tuesday of next week. So this is a good. So. This is good. Like get get the rust off, shake it off, be, become the Stanley Cup team again. Yeah, that's what that's what the Rangers are supposed to be. And what happened there? Hey, well, Igor Shesterkin is you know he's just going to win the Vesna. No big deal. E- Igor, yeah, Igor's good man. He, boy, that boy going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be. Hmm. That boy. <laughs> that boy is already very good uh we were very extreme. he's already very good but the thing is he can get even better we're extremely lucky we really are um any other questions hey, you have hey, as oh. somebody as somebody who saw a, a beautiful russian goaltender grow up in the organization and become an absolute nightmare for shooters enjoy it uh we are i, I promise we uh we we take pride in this kind of goalie thing we, we you know we do it well yeah yeah it must be nice to you know basically how, how to word this but you know on route to go know. like the Green Bay Packers route of quarterback stepping goal. Everyone says that, Henry except one, one of those guys said, said some interesting text let's call, messages. Let's call a spade a spade, though. So. Let's call a spade a spade, though, Matt. Going from Bishop to Vasilevsky ain't that bad either. It isn't. But let's be honest. Lundqvist is a surefire Hall of Famer. Bishop is Hall of Very Good. Unfortunately, we're hurt all the goddamn time. The, the Hall of Famer out of them is Vassy. At least Shesterkin is already looking to be on that trajectory. Well, it would be it's nice true, to go ve- Norris Vesna. I'll tell you that. And then we'll get one yeah, more. No we, we almost had the heart. Probably should have with their time that one year. Anyway, long story short, uh, any other final questions for Matt, uh, Greggy? Um, I guess my final one for you is it, it's hard. It's hard for any season to feel like a letdown when you're back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. But is this another? If you don't win the cup this year, your emotional state is what? Is it like an aw shucks? Is it? Is there a way for this season to be deemed a failure in your eyes as someone that covers the Tampa Bay Lightning? There's two ways that this 
season ends up being like a categoric failure. One, if they miss the playoffs, let's just say these two games against the Rangers ends up being a huge streak of they just get their ass kicked for like a month and they miss the playoffs. That's a colossal failure. Um, making the playoffs is expected. Winning a round is expected. Hell, winning two rounds is honestly expected. Um, but if they lose in the second round, it's be like, all right, I mean, eventually their run was going to end. I mean, winning winning back-to-back is – it's only happened one other time in the salary gap era. Like, the Lightning have already secured their place in fucking NHL lore, you know, <clears throat> for decades to come. You know, there are, there are essentially – four teams in the past decade that you're going to remember as, oh, fuck, those teams were ridiculous. As the Blackhawks, the Penguins, us, and the Kings. Um, every other every other team who won one during that time span is going to be like, oh, yeah, they won one, but then they didn't really do anything else with it, you know? Um, so losing in the first round could probably be viewed as a failure, in my opinion. I would view it as a failure. Like, the team is too good to lose in the first round, no matter who they're playing. Uh, second round, I can understand losing the second round, given what teams are going to play in the second round. Um, anything beyond that's just sugar, sugar on top. I mean, if they somehow, if they somehow pull off a three-peat, I mean, it's just going to be euphoria of just, dude, they could do nothing wrong for the next fucking 20 years. I don't care. Well, congratulations. I mean, we'd kill for one. So, uh, Matthew, you can follow Matthew on Twitter.com. What's your Twitter handle again? I don't know by, by my memory. Uh, I think it's Matthew S. Estevez because yes. I'm a good friend and I know his Twitter handle. Wow, that's pretty good. Oh, he just called your ass out. He also has his messages open. All right, anyway. Um, so- <laughs> well, I, did that I, I said it as, as I'm one to do. I said it before I confirmed. So. <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, you can follow him on there. You can go to Raw Charge, and we'll have you back on soon. You are actually going to get out of here, too. You can follow me on Twitter at O'Reilly. You can follow Greg at Blue Church Break. We'll be back next week. Love you guys. Bye. Hey, and I want to take this moment to thank all our Patreon subscribers, including our NHL Insiders Club. Uh, nothing fancy this week. I know last week I sped up my, my, my uh, tone, I guess. I don't know. I sounded like a chipmunk or some shit. Anyway, this week I'm going to speak normally. No songs, no nothing. Nothing special this week, but I have some fun stuff planned for the rest of the month. So here we go. Adam Cassidy, Adam Cohen, Adam uh, Adam Curtulo, Adam Keech. Teach? I always mess that one up, Adam. Alex Gardner, Al- Amber Cohensberger, Austin Beetleman, Barbie Crisp, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Biggie Malone, Biggie Malone Brian Doyle, Bro- Broadway Blue Shirt, Bleeder, Chris Finelli, CJ Stellwagen, Daniel Dezen, David Naradin, David Siegel, Dennis Dykes, Eric Stagg, Give Gartner a cup, Gretzky, Gareth McFly, Handel, Harris, Harrison Hasco, Hip Hop Horror 89, Jacob Berkowitz, Jerry and Marquez, JD, Jimmy Mack, John Hardesty, Justin Friedman, Chris from Florida, Christoph Berg, Lazer Gronkowski, Lou Giordano, Lucas K, Matthew Kine, Max Nielsen, Randy Tesser, Stephen Lomayer, Steve Bublak, Swangart, The Drop BK, The Eric Carlson, Tommy Sinclair, Tommy O'Neill, Tour from Manhattan, Upstate Vin, Vinnie Bracco, Vinnie Hay, and Will Spector. Thank you so much for being uh, Patreon subscribers. I hope you were all had a wonderful New Year's and a happy holidays. The Rangers seem, seem to be heading in the right direction. There's going to be a lot of coverage from us over the next couple months, especially with the trade deadline coming up, and I'm very curious to see how the schedule is going to work. We're all in this together. All right, no monologue this week. We'll be back later this week with OT. We're, not, we're still kind of figuring out what the hell we're doing with that. Uh, mostly because the game is so late. They're going on a West Coast trip. I don't think we're going to be recording post-game at 1.30 a.m., um, so maybe we'll record beforehand. I don't know. Maybe we'll do a preview. I have no idea. Stay tuned, but it'll be out later this week. And also next week, we won't be the next week's flagship episode will not be, uh, we'll, pretty much we'll record it before the Kings game. So, because it, again, we don't want to record at one 30, uh, you know, we're diehards, but we, we do have jobs. All right. See you guys next week. Love you. Bye.